and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I spoke last week about how jet-lagged I was from my holiday, but that was written in advance of the jet-lag, just preparing for it, and now I am truly in its fiery grip. I feel like I've been hit by a bus, and I haven't slept for 6,000 years, so please do forgive my lack of interaction on social media this week. Moving on to our episode for this week, though, We are zooming over to India and Ethiopia, which does seem like a strange combination for this monster, but bear with me, we are looking at the horrible and eerie Krakota this week. The Krakota is generally described as a large dog and wolf hybrid, with very much hyena features in its face. They can be as large as donkeys, and are usually around the size of big cats in general, but are sometimes described as having cloven hooves and a horse-like mane. They have bushy tails with various colour fur, usually a mottled yellow or orange, but sometimes more of a black-brown, although it can also have spots and stripes making it really stand out. They are usually depicted as having large cat-like fangs and claws, and are not often seen by humans, and when they are, they are most reported to look like hyenas in the modern day. This monster tends to live in rainforest caves or abandoned buildings. However, they are known to live in most climates or terrains. They just need to make sure that they are around lots of food. They are carnivores and are known to eat literally anything, including humans, but seem to be very content eating any kind of meat around. They are usually keen on cows, sheep or deer, but again, are willing to eat humans, but of course it is a lot more effort. They are mostly found in India, as well as some countries in Africa, but are most likely found within Ethiopia, which is on the eastern coast of Africa. So how do they manage to get humans down? We're a pretty tough lot. Well, this is where their powers come in. The Krakota are mimicking monsters, meaning that, like parrots, they will mimic human speech, pretending to be a person in trouble in order to lure their prey out into the open. They are said to also be telepathic, as they are able to identify the prey and call out to them by name and use a relative's voice to entice them. Once the person has left the comfort of their home or safe place, the Krakota would pounce and tear them apart with their teeth and claws in seconds, and they are a very large creature, so resisting them at this point is almost futile. However, as I said, they won't make any extra effort to get humans over any other food source that's available though, so you're pretty safe if you live on a farm, for example. The Krakota is probably the most dangerous because it has an unending appetite, It's said that they have an incredibly fast digestive system and metabolism, and so are always hungry and constantly trying to find prey. They are also incredibly strong and will wait for food for up to four days, 
so they're certainly not to be messed with or underestimated. But is there a way to kill them? Yes, but it is difficult. They are somehow resistant to most weapons and damage of any kind, therefore it's difficult to track or capture one of these monsters, let alone kill one. You can get through to them if you just keep hacking or shooting at it, but they are considerably resistant, more so than usual animals at least. The best way to avoid being killed by one is just to ignore their call if you know that the person they're mimicking could not possibly be outside, or if they're a suspected crocotta in the area. They are considered pack animals, much like hyena, wild dogs and wolves. However, these would usually consist of about four beasts, so outnumbering them is pretty difficult. You could try and outsmart them though, if you feign an injury you can confuse a crocotta, who is very much used to having to work for their meal, and it will disrupt their attack long enough for you to get to safety. Now whilst we don't have very much information on their breeding, we assume their lives are very much like these known animals they're compared to, and most likely to have a lifespan of around 12 to 15 years, giving birth to litters of pups, and are mammalian, which if you didn't know means that they breastfeed and they give birth to live young, much like us as humans, but a whole load of other animals too. However, a fun twist on this is that they are genderless beings and are able to switch sexes at will, which does make the breeding idea interesting in comparison to other chosen hermaphrodite creatures, such as snails, who can impregnate themselves so not sure if they do this, but it's an interesting idea. But now, on to etymology. The word crocotta is actually Greek, and we believe it was borrowed from Sanskrit, however there is no record of this officially. This word doesn't translate into English, but is said to mean a beast mixed from wolf and dog. There are some different spelling variations of this monster's name too, but there is one variation, Lucrocotta, which is markedly different from the others, putting the loo on front of it. But we're not entirely sure what the loo bit means, I'm afraid. For history though, this one is really interesting, because although these monsters are Indian and Ethiopian, they were first reported by Greek philosophers. The first mention was by Strabo, who mentioned the Crocotta as this wolf-dog mix, all the way back in 44 BC in his Geographica, which was a collection of all of his knowledge on the world that he believed, and at the time we all believed, was just parts of whole continents that we know now. The biggest mention though, and still one of the oldest a few years later, is by our beloved Pliny the Elder. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, Pliny comes up a lot, he was a very famous Roman writer and philosopher who wrote natural history in 77 AD, and this goes over pretty much every philosophical subject, including mythical beasts and real animals mistaken for them, as well as stuff like astronomy and astrology, all those different things. And this was all written before his death in Pompeii in 79 AD when Mount Vesuvius erupted in the horrible circumstance that we all know. He also called them a wolf-dog mix, but also a lion-hyena mix in different ones, and described them wholly as the following. When crossed with this race of animals, the Ethiopian lioness gives birth to the crocotta, 
that mimics the voices of men and cattle in a similar way. It has an unbroken ridge of bone in each jaw, forming a continuous tooth without any gum. However, Pliny considered the Lucrocotta and the Crocotta to be two different monsters, and he described the Lucrocotta differently and said the following. The swiftest of all beasts, about the size of an ass, with a stag's haunches, a lion's neck, tail and breast, badger's head, cloven hoof, mouth opening right back to the ears, and ridges of bone in place of rows of teeth. This animal is reported to imitate the voices of human beings. Although our sources tell us that these are very much the same monster, Pliny was pretty dead set on them being very different indeed, and even from his descriptions, especially with the teeth part, you can kind of see that they're very, very similar. But after Pliny, there were Byzantine or modern-day Turkish scholars who also investigated this monster, including Photius, who, in the 5th century, said the following about them. In Ethiopia, there is an animal called Crocotus, vulgarly dog-wolf of amazing strength. It is said to imitate the human voice, to call men by name at night, and to devour those who approach it. It is as brave as a lion, as swift as a horse, and as strong as a bull. It cannot be overcome by any weapon of steel. But many other accounts followed from all over Europe and the Middle East up until the Middle Ages, which was around 1300 AD, where they were included in bestiaries across the world, but mostly in Scotland, England and Wales, as well as the rest of Europe. These monsters are still reported as being seen across India and Ethiopia, but now, interestingly, also in the US, where there was a much more recent discovery. The last known sighting of one was in 2008 in Texas, but the sightings here are very few and far between, and we really haven't seen one since that point, which was 15 years ago, so that's quite scary. I will stress as in scary as I'm getting old, not scary as in we've just not seen one, I will hasten to add. Speaking of real-life dangers though, in terms of what they could be, it is believed that the Crocotta is an early explanation of the spotted hyena. This is because they are immensely similar in their looks, but hyenas are well known throughout different folktales to be mimics of human sounds because of their distinct love of laughter especially spotted hyenas. As well as this, they are known to be scavengers and will wait days without food. Although they have attacked humans in the past, it is very rare though. The only thing that might be in question is their location. Whilst extremely common in Africa, including Ethiopia, they are not found in India, so it might be that this creature migrated or was wiped out within the Indian region, or even across Asia. These two creatures are so well connected that they even have attributed the Latin name of the spotted hyena to the crocotta. Spotted hyenas are called crocotta crocotta in Latin as a tribute to their mythological counterpart. So there's not really much debate here on what they might be. You can certainly see the similarities in the way that they look, the way that they act, and the way that they laugh and mimic humans, although only to a certain extent with laughter. 
And so to me, this feels very much like the reasonable explanation. Now, moving on to mythical comparisons. I couldn't really think of anything specifically dog or wolf-like that matches the same behaviour or looks within folklore, but when we talk about hyena-based monsters, we kind of have to talk about gnolls. Now, gnolls are humanoid hyenas that are bloodthirsty fighters and cannibals, and are able to don human armour and weaponry within their warbands to cause mayhem. They are an incredibly common folklore monster, and a lot of people really love gnolls as a thing. However, I do have to tell you that unfortunately, as much as we link gnolls to folklore, and as much as they fit in, they are fictional. They were created back in 1974 for the first ever Dungeons & Dragons set, but they have been prevalent within modern media, especially video games such as World of Warcraft, ever since. Now when I say Hogger, I hope some of you know who I'm talking about. He's probably the most famous gnoll ever to exist. These monsters have sentient thought and are humanoid, so they are different to our monster in that regard, as they can pre-plan with thought and they have intention, but they are worth the mention and I will probably cover them at some point for funsies. But getting back to the crocotta itself, we can also look at monsters that have the same mimicking behaviour to tempt humans in, and I'm reminded of the Wendigo from Native American folklore, which I covered not so long ago in its own episode, but the idea that a monster can bring you in by mimicking your family is pretty scary. These monsters would call out into the dark woods whilst you're walking through, and even can shapeshift into a loved one. They would call out and you would come in, and they would tear you to shreds. Talking about them is pretty bad luck though, so I'll stop here, I've done enough talking about them in the past. But on to modern media, I'm covering creepy hyenas today because there's not really much on Krakota themselves, but we all love an evil hyena trope. For art, there's actually a whole load of old portraits for this one, but they are all unnamed and just generic heraldry a lot of the time, so if you pop Krakota into a search engine, you'll probably see these older ones alongside the independent stuff. They are pretty freaky, just as a warning but otherwise have a look at the really cool independent art pieces within these two. In movies, we have The Lion King, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, A Warrior's Tale, The Lord of the Rings, Madagascar, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Nosferatu, Duck Soup, The Jungle Book, Mowgli and Jumanji The New Level. For TV, we have Harley Quinn, Gargoyles, Agretsuko, Octonauts, Doraemon, One Piece, Tailspin, Chip and Potato, The Batman, Killing Bites, The Jungle Book, Buffy and the Vampire Slayer, Jungle Cubs, The New Adventures of Batman, Sonic the Hedgehog, The Wild Thornberries, and The Lion Guard. In video games, we have ones such as League of Legends, Dragon Age Inquisition, Kingdom Rush, Warframe, Pokemon, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Baldur's Gate 3, Extra Power, Giant Fist, Buck, Saturday Morning Cartoon Apocalypse, The Lion King, Assassin's Creed Origins, Injustice 2, and Songs of Conquest. 
I will make a note here and say I've not covered Knolls mostly in this, although some of these games do have Knolls in, so I will leave Knolls completely for their own category and I won't bring them into this evil hyena trope because they deserve their own space for this. Now my book recommendation this week is Indian Myths and Legends, Tales of Heroes, Gods and Monsters by J.K. Jackson and Dr. Raj Balkaran for some really great tales from Indian folklore. But if you wanted to look more into Ethiopian folklore, I'd recommend Tales of East Africa by Jamila Ukubo for some really great stories from this part of the African continent. And now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Now I'm going to say yes and no here because they very clearly are real. But the question really is if I think the Krakota exists, and that's a no. But do I believe the Krakota is a spotted hyena? Yes. Yes, I do. Hyenas are scary. They're bigger than most dog-like animals, and they look like wild dogs. So I understand why there would be folklore around them when they're usually roaming around bloody and laughing out in the savannah. But... That's about it in terms of existence, I think, at least. Whilst the Krakota sounds terrifying, hyenas are generally very wary of people, but they would definitely eat you if you were already dead, or very much on your way out of this mortal coil we call life. They're intimidating within their packs too, so again, I totally understand why this has come around. It seems to me like this myth started as a way of protecting people from being around packs of hyenas, especially with younger children or vulnerable people, just as they will wait for you to die, and are known to disturb graves and eat corpses. In reality, this monster seems to be more of a desperate scavenger in a hotter, more stressful part of the world to hunt in, and maybe not the bloodthirsty monster that we've learnt about today. But what do you think... Did the Krakota roam the Indian rainforest looking for little humans to feast on? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think about this one. This was definitely a different monster this week, and certainly one I didn't think I would find as interesting as it is, just basically researching on it. I'm really glad we got to cover it, and I love heading over to this side of the world for a much lesser known mythology. It feels like this monster could be picked up and put anywhere, but it's so fascinating to be from two different places that aren't joined by land and realistically there's a big bit of water between them. And these are not water animals, so it's always really fascinating to me how myths spread from country to country with very little contact. But next week, we are heading over to the Greeks, and they are my favourites, as you know if you've been listening for a while, and we are looking at a fearsome group of lady monsters. Or... Are they goddesses? Well, we'll find out next Thursday, but prepare your whips for punishment from the Erinyes. Yes, they are my namesake and I'm very excited. They are one of my favourite monsters of all time, so please do come prepared for next Thursday. It should be good. For now though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. 
and you can find us on good pods buy me a coffee and patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too come join the fun though share this with your pals they might love me as much as you do but for now stay spooky and i'll see you like babes. Bye.